0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to Retirement Matters. This is a show for folks who are fed up with outdated financial advice and for those who are looking to retire while worrying less about the stock market and more about living life the way they have always wanted. I'm Dale Smothers, and it is my goal to give you the information you need this weekend and every weekend on how to save money, plan well, and live happy in retirement. Happy Saturday to you. I hope that you are doing well and that you are all set and ready to start learning a little bit more about retirement matters. This weekend, I'd like to discuss the three most prominent ways of drawing down assets in retirement. There will come a day where you have worked all of your life to get to the point of having money in a 401k, having money in savings, having money in IRAs, And now it's time to start taking that money and turning it into income. When you walk away from public work and you have lost what we may call human capital, the ability to or the desire to generate income from exerting energy. Now, what I mean by that is going to work every day. When you have lost the ability or the desire to do that, you're going to walk away and start to take income from the assets that you have saved. It's the same concept as a squirrel tucking away his food for the winter. We have put all of this money away year after year, month after month, paycheck after paycheck. We've sacrificed, maybe we've worked a little extra time, and we put this money aside for this day. Now, how do we turn it into income? We are going to be transitioning from a saver to a spender, and that's a very hard concept to grasp for some people. It's it's difficult to turn yourself from a saver to a spender, and, and what we find is a lot of times retirees aren't comfortable retiring simply because they don't know if they have enough money. I want to talk to you today about three different ways you can turn all of the money you've saved and invested into income. Now, we're probably going to be discussing something, especially if that is you, if you are already at that Phase in retirement. If you are five to 10 years from retirement, you have ways to put money to work right now to better position you for the future. Get in touch with us, 270-600-PLAN- I know that we can be a second set of eyes for your retirement plan, and we can actually put together a specific income plan for you that's tailored to you. I would be happy to sit down with you and discuss this a little further and one-on-one again. Our number, 270-600-PLAN. In numbers, that's 270-600-7526. 270-600-7526. 26. All right, so let's get started because this is a lot to unpack, and I am not making this up. I'm not making these stories up. These actually come to us from a Forbes article written by a gentleman named Steve Parrish, who has 40-plus years of experience in retirement planning, and he has actually become a professor of retirement planning at one of the leading retirement planning colleges in the nation. I'm going to have the pleasure of having him on the show here in a few weeks. I think a lot of this guy. He's a very knowledgeable man, and he's been doing this for many years. And he is not biased one way or the other. He just lays out the possibilities inside of this Forbes article titled, Your Retirement Asset Drawdown Strategy? should fit your personal story. Now, if you're interested in getting this article to you, go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter or send us an email if you're already on our newsletter, and we will get this link sent to you either in a direct email back to you, or we can send it to you in our Monday market commentary email that we send out. And the way to get on our newsletter, jumping on our website, rdswealth.com clicking up at the top right-hand corner, subscribe, and you should be able to put in your information to get on our newsletter. Again, we'll get this out to you on our Monday Market Commentary. As you begin to read this article, you'll see that there's a lot of detail that's put into this pertaining to these three ladies that we're introduced to in the article. It takes about 15 minutes to get through in reading, uh, so here we go. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. I'm totally kidding. We are not going to do that on the radio. I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version of this article. And again, if you're looking for more detail, be happy to send this to you. Just subscribe to our newsletter or shoot us an email if you're already on our newsletter. And one more piece of information about this. I'm going to go a little slower than normal. I'm going to try to slow down and actually help you digest each piece of this article. All right, so here we go. As I've already referenced, there are three ladies, Beth, Cammie, and Abby. We are introduced to Abby first. Abby is, again, 65, drawing $30,000 a year from Social Security. Abby says to her friends, I wish I had a pension-type retirement, like my mom and dad had, you know they didn't have to worry about whether their money was going to be secure in the stock market. They knew exactly what their income was going to be. and I wish I could get that around80,000 dollars a year. I wish that I had the ability to turn on a stream of income for the rest of my life and never have to worry about it again at80,000 dollars a year. We then are introduced to a, the lady named Beth. And so, Beth, the second lady, what she says is, you know, I wouldn't be against some sort of fixed income for sure, but I believe that putting the money in the stock market, because you're doing that, it's really hard to guarantee any kind of income. So, putting that money in the stock market, I've read somewhere that, you know, if we take four to four and a half percent a year off of our portfolio, we should be able to live for 30 years and not draw down that money. So, I would be okay if my financial advisor would just figure out how much I can spend and get that money to me every month. I would be okay in the market. You know, I'm not against the stock market. And then we have Miss Cammie. And Cammie's kind of a mixture of both of those. She says, I'm not necessarily against the stock market, but I don't want all of my money in the stock market. And I understand that because it has the ups and the downs, I understand that taking on a little additional risk may mean that I need to adjust my spending. All three of these ladies are putting their legacy plans. Again, they have a lot of similarity. They're all three saying, I'm not necessarily as concerned about leaving a large amount of money behind to my children because they're all okay. Financially, they're okay. Now, with this being the case, we look at all three of these ladies. They have about a million dollars in their 401k. All three of them have different stories, but on paper, they look very similar. 65, drawing Social Security, $30,000 a year in Social Security, all looking for around seventy dollars to $80,000 a year in income. And they all three have children who are financially sound. On top of that, they all three have a million dollars in their retirement account. Now, the problem is, none of these three are what we would call excessively wealthy. You know, a million dollars in a retirement account is a good number. Five hundred thousand in a retirement account is a good number. But it doesn't matter how much you have in your account, it matters how much that account can generate in income. And so what we see is Mr. Parrish, he actually begins Steve Parrish, the gentleman who wrote this article. Uh, He begins to talk about the strategies that should be employed. Again, if you missed the beginning of the show, Mr. Parrish is a professor of retirement planning strategies, has over 40 years of, of experience. And in this market that we live in today, he would recommend three completely different strategies for all three of these ladies. Now, it's not because one is better than the other, it's simply because all three of these ladies have different appetites for risk. So I want you to think about all three of these ladies. Now, even if you are a gentleman, I want you to think about this and ask yourself Am I more like Abby, where I want my income secured no matter what the stock market does? Or am I more like Beth, where I'm okay with ups and downs in the market? I understand that. My income may be 82 or 83,000 this year, but it might be $70,000 the next year. Or if you're more like Beth and you understand the ups and the downs of the market, I'm okay understanding that, you know, I may actually run out of money in retirement. Those are the two ends of the spectrum. And then there's Cami right in the middle. And so I want you to think, are you in the middle? Are you thinking, you know, I want a piece of my income secured, and I'm not all about being in every bit of the market risk, but I don't want to walk away entirely from the market either. Because the more on the safe side of the spectrum you get, no matter who you're working with, the more on the safe side of the spectrum you get most of the time, the more restrictive it becomes with your money. And what I mean by that, if I can break that down for you, what I'm telling you is that the more secure you become, the less control you have on your money, at least in terms of an investment. And what I want you to think about is a CD versus a stock, a certificate of deposit. If you buy a certificate of deposit from your local bank, you're going to look at, you know, sacrificing some flexibility in that. In other words, you're going to have, uh, you know, a period of time, a set period of time where you have to leave that money alone, because if you take it out too early, you get hit with a penalty, That's called liquidity. Your liquidity is much lower in a CD than if you bought a stock, for instance. If you buy a stock, you have higher potential rate of return, a lot more risk. It's on the other end of the spectrum compared to a CD. A CD being very secure, backed by the FDIC. A stock being not secure at all, you could lose every dime you put into it, theoretically. uh, In practice, you should see a higher rate of return than the CD, and you have complete control. So, again, the more secure you become, the less liquidity most of the time. So, are you on this ultra security? You know, I'm okay if I don't have a lot of liquidity, just provide me income. I need a pension. Or are you on this side where you say, I like seeing my balance sheet reflect a million dollars? I like being able to say I've got a million dollars and I can spend it however I want to and if the market takes that million and makes it 600,000 because of a downturn in the market I'm okay because I know it's going to bounce back. You know, I know in a matter of 5 to 10 years I should see that 600,000 become 1 million again, no trouble. Now, I would also put in a, a, a little asterisk here. I would say that if you are actually spending from your account, you cannot be that callister. You cannot say, I am okay with you know, that much volatility in my account, because I, I'm telling you, you will run out of money. If you see a 30 or 40% reduction in your $1 million, and you're trying to take 5 or 10% per year as income, you're going to run out of money. So I don't think any financial advisor worth their salt would allow you to take such risk. But think about it. Which side of the spectrum are you on? If you're on the safe side, you're going to be more in line with Abby's story, Abby, again, in this story, wants $80,000 a year of secured income. She says, I wish I had a pension like my parents had. If that's you, there are ways to make that happen. And, And this gentleman who wrote this story, Mr. Parrish, Steve Parrish, been at this for 40 plus years. He's not biased one way or the other. He's not saying that this is better than others, but if you are on that side of the camp and you want a pension type retirement, this is what it would look like. He recommended this strategy called a flooring strategy. Flooring strategy. Imagine the floor that you walk on. You can never get below that number. That's why it's called flooring. You can never be below whatever your floor is. If we set a floor at $80,000, we guarantee, as long as the insurance company is solvent, we guarantee that your income will never be below $80,000. Now, in this article on Forbes, uh, Mr. Parrish runs the numbers, and he realizes we've got to take about $800,000 of her $1 million and set it aside to generate that income. We invest it inside of an annuity, and the annuity pays us for the rest of her life $52,000. That satisfies her $80,000 goal, and it also satisfies her extreme in ability to stomach risk. Let me say that again. Her extreme inability to stomach risk. In other words, she doesn't have to worry about the stock market anymore. Her $82,000 a year is guaranteed as long as two things exist. The insurance company that she put the money with and the social security system. That's the guarantee. Now, if we think about social security and the annuity, we still have $200,000 $200,000 inside of her portfolio. One of the things that we talk about with the flooring strategy, which is a very common strategy for people, especially in this area, who are not interested in risking their money in the stock market. Whenever we talk about flooring, we consider this, and Tom Hegna's famous for this. He's a retirement coach. He talks about this concept of paychecks and playchecks. As a matter of fact, I reference this in a book that I'm currently writing, Paychecks and Playchecks, which is a really neat way to think about this. We have your paychecks squared away, $82,000 a year guaranteed. Now we have $200,000 of playcheck money that you can go out and spend or invest for growth, invest to offset inflation. Now, if, if Abby lives long enough and she doesn't need that additional $200,000, if we invest that with an aggressive growth strategy, you know, even if we only invest it with a 5% average rate of return over the next 30 years, she is close to $900,000 by the time she passes away. So she's still passing on to her children $900,000. The end result, if she lives long enough, is the exact same as if she had done the other side of the spectrum, which is where we get to Miss Beth. Now, Beth is taking on all of the risk of the stock market. The ups and the downs of the stock market aren't necessarily a big deal for her. We find this a lot in people who have worked all of their life and made their fortune in the stock market. She's not really concerned that much with the stock market. She knows when it goes down, it'll bounce back up. She also understands that when the years of down happen, she has to adjust her income. If she doesn't adjust her income proportionately to the amount of money that she lost, she will run out of money. She's okay with that. She's okay with an income floating between sixty dollars and $80,000 a year. If we did it that way, what we would start to do, and especially Mr. Parrish, he sets this up this way, he says we look at a 60-40 portfolio, 60% in equities or stocks, 40% in bonds, and we begin, now he says fixed investments. We can say bonds, we can say annuities, we can say real estate, 40% of that goes into some sort of a fixed investment with a little bit of security of principle and a higher rate of return than say like a, a savings account. Okay. We we would put a 60, 40% asset allocation in place and we would draw four to four and a half percent per year off of that income. Now that makes sense for most people. And as a matter of fact, that's a lot of times what other advisors are doing whenever it comes to retirement planning. But here is the downside. The downside is that you have the ability to run out of money, and you also have a very volatile income that is hard to budget around for lifestyle purposes. And that is why the strategy that Cami, our third lady, employs is probably the most optimal way to employ a retirement plan. Now, Mr. Parrish doesn't say this, but I'm telling you that this is a way that we strategize with a lot of retirees who want some money in the stock market, but they also want to be able to have the ability to spend every dollar every year and know that next year it's going to be replenished. And this is a bucketing strategy. This bucketing strategy is for those people who aren't so afraid that the market's going to melt down and never return, but also understand that putting all of your money to risk is not the way to do it. What we look at is for the first 10 years of retirement, we have investments that are conservative. For the next 10 years of retirement, we have investments that are set aside geared towards generating income in 10 years. And for the following 10, 10 to 15 years of retirement, we have money that's invested fairly aggressively because we don't need to get to that money for 20 years. In practice, what this ends up being is roughly the same 60-40 asset allocation that we talked about with Beth, but what we have is the ability to know that the first 10 years of retirement are secured. And we can even do something called a retirement glide path, where we're talking about spending more money at the beginning of retirement and not so much at the end, which is what it's all about. In order to save money, plan well, and live happy, we have to be able to spend more money when we can, when we can enjoy it between 65 and 75, which is what we would call our go-go years, not our slow-go or our no-go years. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in another show. Guys, I am here in our tone to wrap up. And what I want you to understand is that your retirement strategy is all dependent upon how you feel about risk. It's more than just saying I have a million dollars in my retirement account, because we've highlighted three different individuals with three different appetites for risk, and they've all three shown a different strategy for their retirement. If you do not have a well-written, documented plan, you need to get in touch with someone today to get that plan in place. And here's the good news. If you have five years still before you get ready to retire, we can put some strategies in place today that will secure your retirement for the future a little bit better than what it would be if you waited five years. Give us a call anytime if you're interested in sitting down with us for one-on-one, or if you just like listening to the show and you would like to let us know, or you've got some information you would like to learn a little bit more about feel free to reach out to us anytime. 270-600-PLAN. We are here for you. Our goal is to educate you. If you're working with someone else, continue to work with them. Just bring this to their attention that there is a more optimal way to set up retirement income than to leave your money to chance in the stock market. Again, 270-600-PLAN. RD Smothers Wealth Management. We would love to talk to you and see you sometime in the future. But until we talk again next weekend, Always remember to save money, plan well, and live happy in retirement. God bless. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management LLC. AE Wealth Management and RD Smothers Wealth Management are not affiliated entities. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular need of an individual situation. RD Smothers Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by R.D. Smothers Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.